Welcome to Smith Weekly Discussions, an occasional program for our readers and listeners of Smith Weekly Research. Please note this program is a private discussion and everything contained herein is for entertainment and educational purposes only. With that, we hope you're in a good position to enjoy the show along with your favorite beverage. Before we get into our discussion, we want to say thanks for the questions coming from our audience at Smith Weekly, including Cindy W., Luke A., Jackie A., and Mike P. Today we're talking with Darren LeBrenz, President, CEO, and Director of Pure Gold Mining, a Canadian-focused company advancing the Mansett Gold Project in Red Lake District, Ontario. The company is listed on the Toronto Venture Exchange under the symbol PGM and also on the U.S. OTC markets under the symbol LRTNF. Darren, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, and uh, thanks for inviting us. So, Darren, give the audience uh, your background, uh, going back to before you joined Oxygen Capital and becoming the boss at Pure Gold. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a geologist by background. I um, I worked for probably the better half of uh, or first half of my career with uh, with a company called Plaster Dome that was acquired by Barrick in in 2006. Initially started in exploration geology and, and transitioned pretty quickly to the operational side, uh, having worked in both underground and open pit environments, mostly in mostly in gold. Uh, latter part of uh, my time with Plaster Dome was spent in evaluations, where I was uh, responsible for evaluating opportunities and uh, and really working on on various feasibility studies. Uh, part of that journey, and this is you know this is a part of the story, uh, took me through the uh, the camp of Red Lake, uh, Red Lake, Ontario. I uh, worked initially as a beach geologist underground at uh, Placer Dome's Campbell Mine, which is a part of the Red Lake deposit, and then ultimately transitioned into a role as chief geologist there. So I had developed a pretty good understanding of the uh, the opportunities that the camp had to offer. Darren, for our listeners who aren't uh, familiar with Oxygen Capital, uh, tell us about the group and then kind of give us the oxygen strategy and approach to the natural resource market. Yeah, so Oxygen Capital is a uh, company formed by uh, by several founders, including Marco Day, and it really came about uh, after uh, Frontier Gold, which was uh, run by Mark, uh, was acquired in 2011 by Newmont for $2.3 billion. And uh, so Oxygen Capital is formed as a way to retain key key talent and, and also uh, a way to incubate new companies, if you will. And so there's been uh, several companies that have been born out of that. Uh, True Gold was uh, one such company uh, acquired uh, a couple of years back by Endeavor Mining for its uh, Karma project in Burkina Faso. Today we have uh, four companies in in the uh, in the room, so to speak. Uh, Pure Gold is one of them. Liberty Gold, Discovery Metals, and Sun Metals. Um, the model is you know generally the same amongst the uh, the, the companies that uh, that share that name. Uh, we look for deposits. Uh, that have seen some work, uh, often some historical mining. Uh, they have uh, generally um, fairly broad data sets, but, uh, but there are areas where we feel that exploration has been um, not fully uh, uncovered, so to speak. And so we, we believe we can walk in and add a lot of value and, and move these projects forward. And, and so uh, that model has worked quite successfully and, uh, and we continue to move forward on that basis. So is there a set of principles and, and best practices at the Oxygen Group where they employ uh, building these individual companies to a state of value? What what internal values are placed on these businesses from the point of aligning with shareholders, management compensation practices, timing of events, uh, protecting the capital structure, all while you advance value? 
Yeah, so I mean, we're we're clearly focused on advancing value and and uh, and and very much aligned with our shareholder interests. Uh, we look to uh, effectively grow the assets um, initially through the exploration phase by building resources, carrying them through to a uh, to an economic decision point. Uh, you know, we've had success across the the whole range again of uh, of, of de- development, if you will, uh, when you look at. Uh, Frontier Gold. They moved uh, Long Canyon through all the way into uh, into a, you know an economic study and, and ultimately were acquired there. True Gold, on the other hand, uh, went right through to construction and was uh, on the threshold of pouring gold when uh, when acquired by Endeavor Mining. With respect to Pure Gold, uh, we acquired this project uh, you know in the in a period that was say, it's a very difficult period for the markets. Uh, 2000. And uh, 14 was when the project was acquired. Uh, we were able to do so for a net cost of acquisition of eight and a half million dollars. And when you look at what we acquired, uh, we acquired, uh, um, you know, a very large mineral system. When you look at uh, Madsen itself, uh, 2.6 million ounces of uh, historical production at the time, a resource of uh, approximately 1.2 million ounces. And uh, we've been able to add significant value over the last four years through a concerted exploration effort. We've grown the resource to, to where the point where today we've nearly doubled it. And, uh, and we've uh, brought through a feasibility study disclosing first-time disclosure of reserves uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Right. And I, I would say that price tag was uh, well picked up. Um, so congratulations on that. And, and obviously the, the company, if you uh, look back to 2014 forward, you can see that there's been a... Uh, nice uh, performance uh, really all the way even though there's been in the natural resource market there's been some some up and down since then but uh, yet yeah, pure gold uh, seems to have a very uh, steady uh, share base and, and continues to uh, to move higher so it's uh, congratulations on that uh, scoop up so Darren moving on to another subject we've had some high-level consolidation action with regards to news coming out of Barrick and Newmont what do you see happening in the gold mining space going forward over the next few years? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting question. There's, uh, you know, as you as you highlight, there's been some consolidation activity in in the uh, in the gold mining space. And uh, you know, if I point more closely to home, uh, we've certainly seen a, a fair bit of activity over the last several years in in Canada with uh, with some of the acquisitions that have happened. Uh, you know, I'll highlight the. Uh, the acquisition of Lakeshore by Tahoe. We had uh, El Dorado step in and acquire Integra Gold. Uh, we had um, CB acquired uh, Cloud Resources by Silver Standard. And in many cases, this reflects a um, you know a, a move to reduce risk profiles across these companies. Uh, being in Canada, strong mining jurisdiction, uh, you know, really does uh, elevate the status of the projects, if you will. You know, my view is there's a real scarcity of quality projects out there. Um, we have one of them, uh, and so we feel that we're well placed with uh, with some of the activity that we're just uh, starting to see a heat up in the industry. Yeah, absolutely, and I, I agree. I think some of the moves by some of the companies you mentioned is is clearly uh, changing jurisdictions and getting into a a more diverse uh, asset base and and looking towards places like Canada. To really become the base at which you would you would uh, you know call your operations and then maybe maybe consider expanding outside later, but uh, it's certainly a, a move back to some safer, uh, more predictable, robust jurisdictions. Um, mm-hmm. So so let's move to Pure Gold. Uh, give us an overview of the company, and then I want to get into recent and up- upcoming events. 
Sure. So Pure Gold was formed, uh, you know, again about five years ago, and it was formed on the acquisition of the uh, of the Madsen Red Lake Gold Project uh, in Red Lake, Ontario. When we acquired the project, uh, you know, it, it uh, certainly had the attributes that I talked about: um, historical producer having produced 2.6 million ounces of of gold over a continuous 36-year operating period. It had scale. Uh, the project, uh, consolidated now by us, has 47 square kilometers of uh, of ground. Uh, and uh, and on top of that, uh, there was a endowment at the time uh, with respect to resources of about 900,000 ounces of indicated and another 300,000 ounces of inferred. Uh, so strong strong legacy position there with historical production, uh, you know, a large land package, uh, infrastructure in place with a mill and tailings facility, uh, significant permitting in hand. Uh, but importantly, from our perspective, the project had really lacked from a systematic and sustained exploration uh, approach or focus and so we brought that to the uh, to the project and uh, you know the first couple of years uh, had our heads down really uh, really building out some ideas and uh, we were able to leverage that into into true success with the growth of resource and uh, and first time disclosure of uh, you know reserves on, on an economic basis in the last couple of weeks so give us give us a quick uh, view of the recent fe feasibility study results and uh, share with us, if you can, uh, the information on the PEA that just came out. Uh, give us kind of an overview on that and, and tell us your thoughts on it. Sure, sure. And, and, and I'll do that in a moment. I just I want to step back for a moment and, and just talk about quality. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can talk about a high-quality ore body or, um, you know, a high-quality mind. And, and, and we use that term, you know, top-tier, world-class a lot in, in our industry. But there's no obviously no clear definition on on what that means. Uh, some people right. call a you know a top tier deposit a, a deposit of uh, five million ounces or more, or or perhaps we'll look to an economic metric and we'll talk about net present value and and people will describe a, a quality project of having a net present value of 250 million or more. Um, you know another way we talk about it is does your project have the potential or or has it um, demonstrated a, a real strong positive impact on society and investors. Uh, is this a deposit that uh, has returned money to investors for a long period of time? These are all different ways that we talk about quality. And uh, you know, I'll bring that now to, uh, to Pure Gold in our Madison Red Lake project. Uh, when we look at uh, endowment, uh, I talked about the historical production on the property, 2.6 million ounces. When I look at our current resource, uh, which was released earlier this year, we have uh, 2.06 million ounces of indicated resources at a, at a grade of 8.7 grams per ton. We've got another nearly half a million ounces of inferred resources. So you're looking at an endowment here that's starting to approach that uh, that 5 million ounce mark. Uh, we did release a feasibility study um, earlier this month. Uh, that feasibility study outlined a, a long life for bus project, uh, 12, 12 years of production, a reserve of 1 million ounces, and uh, in there, we have a, uh, an NPV of uh, just shy of $250 million. So, so we meet it on that metric. When we talk about uh, you know, a long-life asset and returning to investors, uh, this operation historically produced for 36 years. Our current feasibility plan outlines another 12 years of production. So now you're starting to talk about you know, potential for 48 years of production or more from, uh, from the Madison Red Lake deposit. And uh, you know, really, if, if that doesn't meet the definition of a long-life asset uh, returning value to society investors I'm, I'm not sure what what does so we're we're, we're pretty excited about uh, you know obviously about our, our project and uh, we're set up with a feasibility study we put out 
it does outline a, a long life mine. It, uh, it generates a positive return as demonstrated by our after tax net present value of $247 million. A very low capital cost. So this is a low capital intensity project with uh, just uh, over 90 million Canadian or about 70 million US of initial capital required to put, uh, put this, uh, this project into production. Uh, but importantly, we see this as a, the first phase of, um, of a development plan that uh, allows us to look at uh, opportunities to grow and to scale the asset to improve both the, the potential mine life and, uh, and the production profile of the, uh, of, the, uh, of the project. So for some of the folks that are listening that uh, have not uh, reviewed uh, Pure Gold, give us the, the status and, and what you guys are doing on, give us the, the status of the permits, first and then mm -hmm. also give us give us the information about the local community the community outreach work that's going on sure so the uh, the Madison gold project uh, is uh, a permitted mine it is a, um, a mine that uh, those permits have been transferred into pure gold's name so we hold the two key permits if you will which are your environmental compliance approval for air and noise which regulates the uh, ventilation and noise emitters on the project as well as the environmental compliance approval for um, effectively the mill and tailings effluent. Now those two permits were issued uh, originally in the 1990s and, uh, and so we are looking to amend those permits to, uh, to modernize them and to reflect the mine plan that we've just released in our feasibility study. Our work on that is well advanced. Uh, we've been you know, collecting baseline work over the last several years. Uh, we filed the first amendment for, for the air and noise compliance approval in August of last year, and we're set to file the uh, the um, environmental compliance approval for for the mill and effluent here shortly with the uh, conclusion of the feasibility study. Uh, those will drive a regulatory process that uh, you know effectively has a maximum one year service clock window, if you will. So maximum one year for those permits to be amended and returned to us. Uh, very low risk of um, of environmental assessment or or uh, return of those amendment permits. Given that it is a brownfield site, uh, we don't uh, foresee a significant additional legacy or sign significant additional impacts from the the mining operation, and we're not looking at a change in the footprint, if you will, of the of the existing project. Uh, the project sits in the community of Red Lake, Ontario. Uh, it's a, it's a collection of, um, of of communities with about 5,000 inhabitants. Uh, it really was born out of mining, with the first mines in the area initiated in the 1920s. Uh, in fact, our Madsen mine uh, first uh, started production in the mid-1930s. Uh, so we see very strong support from the community. Uh, it is, uh, you know, again, it is it is part of the uh, the DNA of Red Lake, and we're right in the heart of it. Can you give us uh, give us a little bit on uh, construction timeline? Uh, tell us tell us how the uh, the financing is going to go. Whether we're looking at uh, equity offtake. Uh, debt uh, mix of that and then also let us know what the all-in sustaining costs are that you guys have planned yeah so we're looking at um you know we're looking here at a project that has again one of the lowest capital uh, uh, requirements out there with a total initial capital of about 95 million canadian and so we engaged endeavor financial uh, about six months ago to help us on project finance and uh, and we've been looking at uh, you know various alternatives in terms of moving the project finance forward uh, there is fairly strong interest uh, from from a financing perspective, and uh, so with the conclusion of the feasibility study, we'll be you know putting out uh, what we call an information memorandum to to interested parties so they can evaluate the uh, effectively evaluate the cash return of the project and uh, and determine what uh, 
you know, what level of debt, if you will, the, the project can support. Uh, ultimately, you know, we'll look at uh, we'll look at all forms of finance. Uh, we are likely to pursue something that is a, a more vanilla combination of debt and equity uh, with the uh, existing infrastructure on the ground uh, that's already been sunk into the project, uh, which again includes uh, uh, an existing mill and tailings facility and underground access. Uh, we think that uh, there is potential for this project to bear more debt than uh, than you might otherwise, uh, given that uh, given that infrastructure. Um, okay. You know, with respect to the cost profile, uh, we're looking at uh, you know total cash cost life of mine of $607 per ounce U.S. and uh, all in sustaining cash costs of about $787 per ounce uh, life of mine. Uh, we do better in the first eight years where uh, we're looking at a cash cost that's about $535 an ounce. The, the total capex is, is not is not much, and so that's that's also uh, in in you know very uh, a good good position that you guys are in in that regard. On on that topic, um, are you of the opinion that uh, with regards to interest rates on debt, do you do you think that uh, that you guys have the ability to get a good interest rate on the debt? What is your opinion on these larger companies, uh, some of the majors that? Uh, potentially have access to lower interest rates. What's your, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a fairly competitive marketplace out there right now for uh, for mine finance and for debt in particular. Uh, obviously, your um, your rates are going to be tied to to the, um, you know, some of the, the covenants, if you will, or, or, or uh, requirements uh, from a debt perspective. And so there's going to be a range of debt um, rates out there. At the end of the day, uh, we're going to look to finance this in the most capital-efficient manner, um, with the, the lowest cost of, of, of debt. And uh, and as to whether we can achieve, uh, you know, rates similar to a larger company, uh, we'll we'll certainly work to reduce those as much as we can. The the competitive nature out there of the uh, the debt finance environment right now will assist us with keeping those rates as low as possible. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and and for potential suitors too, looking at this and seeing how you guys go about uh, putting this together uh, and how that might affect them if they're seriously looking at the company. What about uh, royalty streaming? Uh, is there any is there any thought that uh, maybe there's a deal uh, in the works, or would you guys look at deals from say a, a Royal Gold, a, a Franco, a, a Wheaton, or a Sandstorm by chance? Yeah, I think we have a duty to look at uh, you know all forms of project finance, be it debt, uh, equity, streaming, royalty, uh, private equity. I, I don't think that we have any particular restrictions at this point. Uh, you know, we may have some views on on uh, on uh, what we would prefer, but at the end of the day, what what our you know our goal here is to is to minimize the the cost of capital and uh, and do so without limiting the upside potential of the project, which we see is very very strong on, on our our Masmerite Gold project. So, Darren, when can we expect a construction decision? Uh, the board, you know, we just completed our feasibility study. Uh, we put out the results of a preliminary economic assessment today on uh, some of the discoveries we've made over the several, last uh, several years. Uh, the board uh, needs to sit down and review these uh, these studies and the outcome, and uh, and we'll make a decision here in the near term. Uh, you know, it is a very short build. To, uh, to production, um, again, given some of the uh, infrastructure we have in place. So we're looking at about a 13-month uh, project execution schedule. And so if we put some assumptions in there and assume that we have a uh, production decision in April, you're looking at uh, uh, May 2020 as a uh, potential first gold pour on the uh, on the project. Yeah, that, that sounds great. Give us a little bit of a, a flavor for the, the shareholders uh, at Pure Gold. I know there's a, a list of suitors that are on the roster 
Uh, do you see the company getting acquired soon, or or would you do you think you guys will need to go ahead and commission and wrap up before someone pulls the trigger? Yeah, so I mean, to start with our, our shareholder register, uh, we've got a, um, a very supportive group of shareholders that uh, have been uh, helping us move the project forward. Uh, the largest shareholder on the register is Anglo Gold Ashanti. Uh, they have uh, approximately 14.9 percent of the uh, of the shares that are issued and outstanding. Uh, they've been a very supportive partner uh, moving the project forward. Um, we also have Rob McEwen on there at about seven percent. And uh, and he was uh, you know he's no stranger to Red Lake obviously and, and has been very supportive of the company. Uh, we're focused on building a mining company. Uh, we think we've got a really uh, unique position here where we've got uh, you know as, as I indicated earlier we've got a project that uh, really really hits a lot of the criteria for um, you know a top tier project. Uh, and uh, we've got a, a production plan here that has a very low cost of entry with a capital cost of 95 million Canadian or 70 million US. So this is something that's manageable for a, for a, a junior developer. And, uh, and so we're focused on that. We're focused on building a mining company and moving it forward. Having said that, you know, I recognize that there's a real scarcity of quality projects out there. Uh, we are in Canada. We have a significant permitting in place. Uh, you know, the, the low capital nature of the project is attractive the uh the, the production profile is attractive and uh and we recognize that uh that these things are very much in demand and and you think at this point with with the current status you guys will will, will move forward uh with with construction and there's there's no problem with uh bringing it online to produce and then at, at what point are you guys going to uh, kind of convert you know some of the resources uh you know, over over into the better categories, and what's what's the plan as far as growing the resource? Are you guys going to you know build this thing and then also at the same time uh, expand the resource? Yes. So we've we've more or less uh, to use the uh, the uh, the anecdote. We've had our foot on the pedal for pretty much the last three years. Uh, we've drilled uh, more than two hundred thousand meters uh, in that time frame. Uh, we've seen the resource grow to uh, as described, two point one million ounces indicated and. Nearly a half million ounces of inferred resources over that period. We've now put out two economic studies. One, a feasibility study that's, uh, you know, our base case, if you will. This is the first phase of our development plan that outlines a million ounces of reserve and a 12-year mine life. Uh, today, we layered on the, the outcome of a uh, uh, preliminary economic assessment on new zones that we've discovered over the last several years. Uh, these generate an after-tax NPV of, of uh, $51 million and uh, layer on another four years of production. We think there's an opportunity here, as call it our, our second phase of development, if you will. There's an opportunity to uh, to move those resources forward and do further work to, you know, potentially convert inferred to indicated uh, to to do additional study week to work to layer those on top of the feasibility study mine plan and potentially impact the uh, production profile at at Madison Red Lake. And so we see real value in continuing to to explore, to grow those resources, to convert those resources, so that we can we can further investigate that opportunity. Beyond that, uh, we see immense uh, exploration potential in the property. This is the, you know, we've got a a deep primordial structure that runs across the property for more than seven kilometers that hosts two known uh, past producers. Um, you know, an endowment that's uh, approaching five million ounces as previously described, and importantly, all of these, what were previously seen as disparate deposits and zones and, and mines, they're all collectively part of the Mad City 
management by Lake Mineral System. And so we see expansive gaps in there where we continue to do work. And uh, I think there's a real opportunity and potential to, to grow the resource within those gaps. And Darren, with, with the management and, and the team that's, that's there at Pure Gold, if there is an equity raise uh, as part of the, uh, the construction financing, uh, will you see that uh, Oxygen and, and, and the whole team there will be participating uh, in that equity raise? Yeah, we've, uh, you know, when you look at the uh, the shareholdings of the management group, um, all of that has been bought either on the market or, or through financing. Uh, we've all been participants in the past, and I would expect to see the the same thing moving forward. Uh, we've been uh, obviously very much behind our own project. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen seen certainly that you've you've bought a number of shares in the open market as well. So that's that's certainly reinforcing with with the shareholders that are are watching those things. Um, so Darren, give us the key positives, uh, and I know you've mentioned a number of them. Uh, give us the key positives about Pure Gold and Madsen, and then if you can find any, what negative factors still exist with the investment thesis? Yeah, so the positives, uh, you know, as, as outlined, is this this really is a, a big mineral system. Uh, we've got the, the benefit of historical production and and a pretty exhaustive uh, data set. Going to indicate a resource today that uh, that exceeds two million ounces. That indicated resource is defined by more than a million meters of drilling. Uh, the average spacing between drill drill holes within the indicated portion of our feasibility study or, or probable reserves now is is closer than six and a half meters between drill holes. So we've got very very good definition on that resource and and reserve. Uh, the capital cost at 95 million or 70 million US is uh, it really is lowest in class. Uh, I, I challenge anyone to look and find a project that uh, that has a million ounce reserve that uh, has a capital cost that approaches uh, what we're looking at here for moving the project forward. So the combination of uh, you know a strong resource, uh, first time disclosure reserves, low capital costs, the existing permits, the ability to move the project forward quickly, all give us a real leg up on uh, on on building a, a mining company. I think the most important thing for, for investors to realize here, though, is that this really is the first step. This is the first phase of development. Um, you know, again, our PEA that we put out this morning uh, layers on the second phase, if you will, where we see potential for not only expanding mine life, but, but potentially with further work, bringing, those, uh, bringing those, that production forward so that we can impact the production profile. And then more broadly, uh, we think that we've really just begun. Uh, the expiration upside that we see here is tremendous. Uh, the deposit is uh, is open across a five-kilometer stretch on that uh, you know that deep structure that I talked about earlier, and uh, and importantly is open to depth. Uh, we intersected it at a depth of uh, about 1.3 kilometers a year and a half ago, returning 34.3 grams over 4.3 meters on the main part of the deposit. Uh, we have a hole that's intersected at 2.1 kilometer depth, uh, returning 14.3 grams per ton gold over two meters. Importantly, the same geology, the same alteration. Uh, this thing is open to depth. And uh, when you look at our neighbor to the north, Gold Corp, uh, the Red Lake Mine, they're currently mining at a depth of about two and a half kilometers. And so these things are often deep rooted, and, uh, and we see real potential to grow our, our asset uh, with further work. Yeah, and I would say the only thing that, that might be negative would be that, uh, I mean, you guys have a fantastic uh, all in sustaining cost. So the only thing I can see that would be negative would be kind of a big picture, and that would just be. You know, seeing gold have a significant decline, which uh, doesn't—it doesn't seem like that's going to happen. So, um, I think you guys have a lot of great positives there. They're lining up, and the stars seem to be aligning quite well with uh, with Pure Gold. So, for potential investors um, who are uh, listening, what would you say to them at this stage? 
I would I would say that uh, <clears throat> we we again think that uh, let's step back for a second. If you look at the uh, you know people talk about the Lasan curve and how you know put out a feasibility study and you go into a dull period and and that's you know maybe the time to to wait until until you move into production and you get a re-rate. I would highlight that this is a very different scenario. Uh, we have just completed a feasibility study. We've layered on upside with a PEA, uh, but but this project is unique with existing permits in hand, with existing infrastructure and a very short implementation schedule, uh, that, that curve is very much compressed. On top of that, uh, we have no intention on slowing down here. Uh, we do intend to uh, continue our, our, our exploration activities, uh, to continue to look to grow and convert resources. And so we see this as a really exciting year moving forward. Uh, beyond that, uh, you know, this Again, this is the first phase that we've laid out here, but we see real growth on our project and, and ability to grow a mining company. So, Darren, have you given any thought as to where you might go and what you might do after Pure Gold? Not at all. I'm very focused on, on building Pure Gold. I'm focused on, on moving Madsen Red Lake forward and, and uh, looking forward to Gold Pour in, in 2020. Uh, beyond that, uh, our focus will be on internal growth. Uh, we've got uh, several discoveries here that uh, we think that we can incorporate into the mine plan with further work. And, uh, and as I've described, strong growth potential on the project itself. Beyond that, uh, you know, we, we think that we would continue to look to, to grow. Uh, you know, we're excited about Madison Red Lake and, uh, and we think it'll be, able to be a platform for, for building out uh, further uh, growth. Well, I'll be surprised if, it, uh, if, if you're still, still working there at 2020, but that's just my own speculation on that. Uh, I think you guys have a good situation that uh, someone else is looking at at this point. So, Darren, uh, we appreciate you taking the time with us today. Very much so. I appreciate it, and, and thanks for the opportunity.